Arlington, seven elementary schools and Otterson Middle School have their own parent-teacher organizations, or PTOs. At the 2017 town meeting, town meeting member and Hardy PTO member Kate Leary spoke about the changing role of Arlington's PTOs from funding nice-to-have items to need-to-have items. When did PTOs start funding these need-to-have items? How much money are they contributing to the district's total funding sources? And what might the district look like if PTOs could fund the nice-to-have items? I'm Abby Matheson, and this is the Arlington Advocates podcast, A-Town. It's not that I think Arlington is unique or Mm -hmm. doing a bad job. It is so common. Mm -hmm. I think that public education is getting privatized by very you know, degrees. This is a pretty small degree, what we have right now in Arlington, but I find it, like, concerning, and I want to talk about it, and each, you know, we all have to figure out how we're going to deal with it, but we can't just ignore it. That's Kate Leary. And and I want to say this, Arlington is not unique in this. No. I think this is a um, countrywide phenomenon that, um, that teachers are spending more of their own money on classroom supplies, that parents are spending more of their own money on su- essential supplies like tissues and books and <laughs> and pens and pencils. And that's Jennifer Seuss, an Arlington School Committee member. And I think as, as, as funding has gotten tighter across the country, um, the community has stepped up. And I don't think that we're always very honest about that. And I don't think that necessarily the older generation knows how much this has happened, just because they're not in the classroom at that point. How much money do PTOs spend every year? So according to my research, reaching out to all the PTOs, um, it looked like it was about $175,000 in core areas. This is, my guess is, I didn't collect information about field trips and the overall budget, so it could easily be double that for the total spending. But in the core areas, um, it's something like $45-$50 per student. In addition to the approximately $175,000 contributed by PTOs, according to data from the last fiscal year, another $5,983,364 comes from fees like sports fees, foreign exchange tuition, and school lunch. These fees make up a majority of the funding the school department gets that does not come from the town. State and federal grants make up another large portion of funding sources for the district, totaling $2,538,448. What is this $175,000 going towards? A a common theme was laminators. Mm -hmm. Um, The laminator breaks. You know, there's a whole tech plan thing, but they need it right away. So they... They may ask the PTO or the PTO may say, what do you need? Let us know. I can tell you, Hardy, the school nurse's air conditioning wasn't working the whole year, I think. And multiple attempts from facilities to repair it. Her office was like 90 plus degrees, which is not good with sick kids. So we just bought a $500 unit, but I find that very frustrating. I would bet there's no budget item for laminators because PTOs are covering it. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, so because PTOs are covering certain expenses, um, the school department doesn't really have to think about it. Some of the older schools, including Hardy, have done a lot of work with projectors. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like hardwiring them and mounting them because otherwise they're on carts with mm-hmm. kids trip on the wires. Actually, the original projectors were often paid for by PTO funds. Library books, of course, you know all about library books, but nobody's happy that they're buying them. Um, I lead with that in my fundraising pitch. Um, did you know the school department doesn't buy library books? Because it's true, it works really well, people give money. The library books are huge, the PD is huge. You know, people are like, the field trips, people get that, basically. Like, if I'm gonna put my kid on a bus and send them to someplace, like, you know, we're kind of like, they're paying for that. But the, the photocopy paper, the laminator, the professional development, the like hooks on walls, like the list of things I can come up with that like I was like as a PTO co-president, I was like, wait, really? Like we're really gonna pay for this? Like we're really gonna go out and like sell cakes to to, to pay for this was like it was it was quite incredible. That was Jane Morgan, another school committee member who spoke at a joint meeting between the Curriculum Instruction Assessment and Accountability Subcommittee and the Budget Subcommittee. Next, you'll hear from Len Carden, another committee member who spoke at the same meeting about teachers going to PTOs to fund classroom course books. So, so part of the problem is this is sort of jumping the line. So that teacher, that group of teachers decide they want all the books. Admin, including their principal, has said that's not a high priority. So they go to the PTO, they jump the line, they get all the books that they, they think they need. So part of that is if we, as, as a policy, say those requests have to be approved in central office and they need to be, we need to think about equity and all that and deciding those approved, then the PTO is going to be unhappy because the teachers are saying they want this. So, so we can introduce a lot of conflict in this by taking too much control. Um, so there are some basic things. I mean, I think we all agree that library books, you know, it's unfortunate that we've not been able to, to fund them as a district. We should look into that. But when you get into PD and sort of these other, you know, things that somebody in central office has decided is not a priority, but somebody else down below says it is a priority, that's sort of a conflict that I don't know that we can get in the middle of. And if we choose to, then that has consequences. Are all PTOs raising the same amount of money? And what kind of an impact does it have when they're not, but they're paying for these essential items? I mean, that's what first got me motivated to look into it more deeply, because things are really different. I think things are leveling out a little bit. So I was the PTO treasurer of Thompson for two years. And when we did direct donation drives, we would raise about 3500 and you know, and, and other schools were raising eighty thousand. <laughs> so it was a big difference, and that's um, one of the main motivators for starting the Arlington Community Card, Thompson Community Card, is that we just didn't have a parent population that had the resources to support the school, the things we wanted to do at the school. Uh, so we uh, created this card that was really successful, and we worked really hard on getting the businesses and going out in the street corners and selling it. Um, and it made a huge difference. It doubled our budget. Yeah. But we were still, even then, still one of the poorest schools. Parents and the community are incredibly generous in Arlington. And, um, and, and they want to give to their, their children. They want to give to their teachers. They want to give to this community. And that's fabulous. And we don't want that to end, right? Yeah. <laughs> what we want to do is make sure that parents aren't supplementing some pretty basic essential stuff um, and, and that they, it's sort of then the icing on the cake rather than the fundamental. Yeah, uh, yeah I totally agree. Yeah. 
Do you think people are aware that PTOs are funding such important things for Arlington schools? Yeah, yeah, I think it's been totally hidden. When I, after I gave my speech at town meeting, I, some people, I think someone from Dallin came in and was like, oh, we thought it was just, we've been talking about this, we thought it was just us. I'm like, no, it's definitely not just you. I do feel like this is part of our education funding. I Mm -hmm. think we've realized that from this exercise. Um, It's a small piece of the pie, but I think part of being honest about it is continuing to collect that information Mm -hmm. and to look at deficits and also to look at, it might not be deficits, it might just be some systems. Like if I could look at the tech plan Mm-hmm. and say, hey, why aren't projectors in here? Or, oh, they're in here. All we have to do is wait three years. Right. And the PTO could make a decision of whether they wanted to mm-hmm. or not. And I want to say that it's what's, I think, most important about this, even if no extra money gets put into the school system, um, is that we're honest about this. Because I think this has been sort of hidden for many years. Are there any other solutions to this problem? Uh, yeah, for the state to increase their funding. <laughs> uh, we need a graduate income tax at the state level. I mean, that's what we need to do. Um, you know, w- one of the things that voters, I think, didn't realize in 2000 when they wo- voted to cut the state income tax is that that would put so much pressure on state and local governments, which would then have to turn to property taxes, which were constrained by law from increasing unless you go to the voters for an override. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, property taxes have gone up so dramatically because the state isn't supporting um, the kind of, you know, formulas that they used to support. I do think to really fundamentally solve education in the state, we need to look broader at, um, at funding, um, on, you know, at increasing revenue. What might it look like if PTOs didn't have to fund the need to have items for schools? We often say, like, basically, we wish we could do more community events, Mm -hmm. but, like, we are spending so much energy on the fundraising that we're not doing as many as we would like. So I think that is what can sometimes go by the wayside. Or every community, you know, there can be just a fundraising element that sneaks into community building events Mm -hmm. where I I think we would rather just have some more free things, some more things where we're not also selling something. I think that would be really nice, and I think that's probably what we lose. Our podcast is written, reported, edited, and produced by me, Abby Matheson. Our music is Modulation of the Spirit by Little Glass Men, and our logo was created with the help of graphic design wonderkin Sophia Berardinelli. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of A-Town. In the meantime, we want to hear your questions about Arlington. You can send it to us by emailing arlington at wickedlocal.com. That's A-R-L-I-N-G-T-O-N at wickedlocal.com or by filling out the survey in the show notes. Did you know that A-Town is now available on Apple Podcasts? Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can stay up to date with even more local news by visiting us online at arlington.wickedlocal.com or by following us on Twitter, where we are the underscore advocate, on Instagram, where we are wickedlocalarlington, or on Facebook. We'll see you around town.